Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Rebel News live stream on this, a Thursday, March 31st, 2022. I'm David Menzies and my co-host, well, let me tell you about my co-host. You know, folks, today is National Prom Day, and had we gone to high school together, I would have asked her to the prom. She would have said no, but I still love her. She is the she-devil <laughs> with a sword. She is the Khaleesi of Northern Alberta. She is she. Sheila Gunn-Reed. How you doing there, Sheila? I'm great, David. Don't sell yourself short. I <laughs> might have considered. I might have weighed the opportunity to go out on a date with you in high school. <gasps> oh, mercy me. I bet yeah. you say that to all the girls, Rhett Butler. <laughs> you know, I never went to the prom, Sheila. Just the fear of rejection <laughs> had me like Bambi caught in the high beams of a Hummer on the 401. So I never bothered. Uh, you know, why um, Why prove a, a theory to be true? So I, I just... For one, t the first time I think I stayed home, the second time I went to see a Leafs game in Buffalo, that was my pro. <laughs> Probably a better choice, actually, than puking well, in a bush and blowing your nose in your socks because you can handle your booze. Probably was, a better choice. What was your prom like? Any, you know, fond memories? I just told you. Oh. <laughs> okay. Oh, you were speaking of yourself. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh. I would rather have gone to a Leafs game. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> gotcha. Well, uh, Sheila, so much <laughs> news on the docket. Um, in addition to National Prom Day, it's also the International Transgender Day of Visibility, as opposed to the International Transgender Day of invisibility, I suppose. Um, we'll get to that uh, right off the hopper because naturally Joe Biden weighed in with some prissy, pithy pros about that. But um, Sheila, before we get to the uh, meat and potatoes, uh, what are some of the uh, guidelines that we must keep in mind? Once again, I'm flying slightly blind today because I was very busy in the hour between our morning staff meeting and right now, um, so I really don't know a lot of things that are on the docket today, but I did notice that one of the first stories we're going to talk about, I saw a week ago in one of the, actually in two of the, uh, conservative, um, publications in the Western standard and true North, I saw this thing that CTV is just getting around to publishing now. Well, I saw it like on the 23rd. In, in true north and the western standard all those bailout bucks and they cannot even beat the little guys to the story but I'll, I'll point that out just because i read the entire internet before i start my work day so i knew i recognized that story from somewhere no but wait a minute Sheila. i'm gonna correct you it is precisely because of the bailout bucks they don't have to beat anyone uh, there's no competition now when you are on the right. high wire and you know there's a safety net if you fall off um maybe you uh take you know you don't really care that much if you take a misstep so if you're going to get paid no matter what even if you're continually out scooped uh who cares right I mean, their yeah. pig-like noses are up to the taxpayer trough, and they're gobbling down millions and millions <laughs> of no. dollars every week, right? Yeah, there's no market correction ever coming no. their way. They're late to the story, and they're just like, you know what? It's fine. Justin will give us more money. It's whatever. But Indeed. Speaking of Justin giving them money and us remaining fiercely independent, this is the 
Rebel News Daily live stream uh, used to just be hosted on Friday just by Ezra Levant, but then the pandemic struck, there was no, more news than ever, and the bailout media wasn't covering it. So we thought, you know what, let's expand the live stream to five days a week and sit down and talk to you about the news unscripted. And it used to be a great way for us to be able to pay the bills through something called a super chat over on YouTube, um, because unlike the mainstream media, we don't take money from Justin Trudeau to get to the news you want to know a week ago. <laughs> so um, we used to uh, take something called a super chat on YouTube, but YouTube completely demonetized us sort of right in and around after Joe Biden got elected and they didn't have to pretend anymore to be a free speech platform. So we do stream on YouTube. Uh, mostly because they don't want us there, but also because there are <laughs> nearly 1.6 million of you who watch us over there. But if you do watch us there and you want to support the work that we do, but also take your eyeballs away from YouTube who doesn't deserve them, why don't you consider uh, watching us on Rumble Odyssey or Super U or even Getter? We're streaming on Getter also, but on Rumble, you can do something akin to a super chat and support our work through a Rumble rant. If you send one of those, we'll read it on air and we'll do our best to address your question, comment, story idea. Um, Odyssey, you're allowed to give us something called a hyper chat. And there's a couple different ways that you can do that. You can send us regular old money or a library cryptocurrency amount. I don't know anything about cryptocurrency. I feel like I'm trying to, uh, like when my mother-in-law asked me to reset the time on the microwave because the power went out, that's how I feel about library cryptocurrency. I don't understand any of it, but apparently we take it and we're glad to have it. And um, on Super U, you can leave us something called a Super U shout. Again, that's your paid chat and we'll read it on air. And that's how we keep the lights on without taking a penny from Justin Trudeau. And there you go. So once again, Sheila, how are you celebrating International Transgender Day of Visibility? And by the way, how international... By avoiding the internet at all costs. <laughs> but you know <laughs> like what, Sheila? It's not a day for me to be on it. But you know, the thing is, it's not national. It's international. I wonder how International Transgender Day is being celebrated. Oh, I don't know, in several of the Middle East countries. Um, oh, I can I tell you. <laughs> um, Iran, by the way, claims they have no gay people. That's right. I don't know why they have no gay people, because they forcibly <laughs> transition gay men into women. That's what they do. And then they're like, ah. Tied up those loose ends, everything's fine. If we are not um, murdering them, yep. you know, uh, then we're just forcibly transitioning them, um, carving up their bodies and saying, okay, well, there you go. You're a lady now. We still no gay people in this country. Um, so that's how they celebrate it in Iran. Uh, they force gay men to be transgender and nobody says a word, um, especially when Mr. Joe Biden, who is uh, begging Iran for uh, oil right now, out of one side of the mouth of his mouth, he's begging around for oil, and uh, the other side of the mouth, he's like, "Yes, let's celebrate International 
Transgender Visibility Day. Yeah, I would say that in many countries in the world, Sheila, you don't want to be visible if you're transgendered. You want to be invisible. I mean, uh, there's nothing that might bring the scorn of the mob, not the cancel culture mob, but I mean, the mob mob. If, the, if you know, if the you're a real like old fashioned pitchfork and torp. Indeed. Mob. Yeah. I mean, if you're a 250 pound guy with five o'clock shadow and you're wearing a mini skirt on Main Street <laughs> and many regimes in this world. Uh, yeah. International Transgender Day is international uh, say goodbye day. But here's what Joe Biden had to say, quote, to transgender Americans of all ages, I want you to know that you are so brave. You belong. I have your back. End quote. What? Where's the bravery, Sheila? The, the transgender who's most in the news these days is liar. I mean, Leah Thomas, uh, a man who is creaming all the female swimmers in the NCAA. What, what is brave about that? That is grifting. That is the opposite of bravery. What is brave about, say, in the news yesterday, uh, the Disney people at their amusement parks, they're eliminating boys and girls and ladies and gentlemen, and they're going to use um, just generic words that encompass everything, such as friends, you know, which to me reminds me of the Frankenstein monster, you know, where right. friend, friend, <laughs> <laughs> just before he throws the little girl yeah. in the pond and drowns her. Where? How is this equated with bravery, why does the president of the United States have to go on this hill and proclaim that transgender people, especially when it comes to athletics um, and uh, men to women transgender people, are um, are ruining women's sports? I don't get it, Sheila. Uh, yeah, I think Bill or Bill Biden. Joe Biden is confusing. <laughs> I am having a Biden moment. Um, I think Joe Biden is confusing brave with brazen. Uh, hmm. Those those words are not the same thing. Um, I think we're pretty well visible. I think we've reached peak visibility. Can we just move on? Uh, you know what I mean? Like, I think we're good. Yeah. I think uh, you can be transgender and you can not even try to be female and win at women's sports and everybody says that it's beautiful. So um, I think maybe we've reached peak visibility. Um, I'm done. You know what I mean? I'm just done. A hundred percent. And, and, you know, Sheila, that's the way the left works these days with certain identity politics. It's not about acceptance anymore. It's about affirmation. So if you see a transgender person, even one who is cheating against biological female athletes in athletics, you don't just accept it. You have to stand up and applaud it. Good for you. You go, sister. And that's not right. I mean, wh why, why is it that we can't be accepting? You know, listen, as far as I'm concerned, Sheila, you want to pretend it's Halloween 365 days a year. You want to slice and dice your genitalia. You want to take hormone shots. Uh, you know, good on you. Live your life. That's what freedom's all about. But once you start, um, you know, doing things, like I said, uh, female athletics, which is under the gun in uh, all of the Western nations, then that's a bridge too far for me. I am not going to affirm, accept, or applaud that. 
Well, and there's a difference between accepting because where I am on the accepting spectrum is leave me alone. I'll leave you alone. I'm too busy caring about other things to care about what you're doing. and, And I hope you feel the same way. Don't use the government to make me care and don't force me to approve because somehow we've uh, confused the word the same way Joe Biden has uh, confused brave and brazen. We have also confused acceptance with approval and endorsement. And those are very different things. I don't care what you're doing. Also, I want you to leave kids alone, all kids alone, leave them alone, let them be kids as long as possible. That's where I fall down on this, but that's not good enough for some people. And I don't understand why. Why do you have to make me care about things that I don't? Why is that the baseline for so many people? And you know, what I see happening too, Sheila, is quite literally the the tail wagging the dog. When Disney says, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, That is vulgar language. That's non-inclusive. That's discriminatory. You know, I can only think about Walt Disney himself if he were alive. I mean, he must be rolling in his grave. Why would you alter all your signage to cater to, what is it, 0.001% of the population? And I would bet you, Sheila, I think there's a difference, too, between transgendered people that just want to live their lives. Maybe they live in the suburbs. You know, they don't, they're not politically motivated. And then the radical transgender community, the ones that affiliate with Antifa, you know, and proclaim that trans women are real women, for example. And uh, again, going back to sports, if they're getting slaughtered too bad, uh, even though the guy still has his testicles, uh, he is a she and that's a woman. So, I mean, the idea of Walt uh, of the Disney theme parks thinking that boys and girls ladies and gentlemen are it, it, that's a vulgar term oh, is it even vulgar for the vast majority of transgendered people no no <laughs> i'm <laughs> i i i just don't understand any of this no there are people out there who say that they feel like a woman well great i would love to know how that feels because that's just my natural state of being so i don't know what that means but if you can identify as a girl then being a girl cannot be offensive to you you saying that word cannot be offensive to you if that's a thing that you feel like you are i don't get it Uh, but more importantly i just don't care I only care insofar as it robs opportunities for my daughters. And one last point on this, Sheila. I just had a um, commentary go up yesterday on uh, Leah Thomas and NBC News. And talk about an agenda. Remember, you're NBC News. You're not the drama department of NBC. You're the news department. They got a photo, folks, of uh, Leah Thomas. And, you know... It kind of looked a little too masculine uh, for their liking, maybe because Leah is a dude. So they digitally altered it. They feminized the photo of Leah Thomas. And the point I made in the commentary, Sheila, if there's one news organization in the world that should be sensitive, ultra sensitive to faking the news, it is NBC News, which 30 years ago, and folks of a certain age will remember this, they thought they had a real juicy scoop on their hands about GM manufactured pickup trucks that on side impacts were blowing up. 
And it was revealed thanks to a whistleblower. Otherwise, NBC would have gotten away with it when they were doing the test. You know, gosh darn it, those GM pickup trucks weren't blowing up. So they NBC News decided, well, we're going to make them blow up. Gosh darn it. And they put little bombs on the gas tank and used an improper fuel cap so it would come off and overflowed the gas tank. So yeah, they damn well got the result. GM rightfully sued for defamation. It was an out-of-court settlement and there was this mea culpa that we shouldn't have done that. You think um, this, the new <laughs> policy going ahead, you know, is the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth. And, you know, Sheila, as they say, those who uh, forget history are doomed to repeat it. Here we have NBC News yet again faking it, you know, making Leah Thomas look more like a, a female than a male because that suits their leftist agenda. And uh, shame on them. And when the people at NBC and other mainstream media outlets, when they wonder why um, so many people, a growing number, consider their reportage as fake news, fake. they need only look in the mirror. This kind of garbage has no place. And they haven't even answered. I mean, at least in 92, uh, NBC News made this groveling mea culpa on-air apology and uh, paid GM uh, presumably millions of dollars in a non-disclosure agreement. And there were heads that rolled in the NBC News department. And now they just turtle. No comment. You know, we're not interested. Yep. That's how brazen they are today, even when they're caught red-handed faking the news. You know that before we move on to Pastor Art, I just want to point this out because I, I noticed it right now, just how bad the mainstream media is at doing their job. So the story, the headline is today in, I think it's CTV News, uh, dated March 31st, Feds spent more than $600,000 hiring influencers in 2021. <laughs> And then it goes to say, according to an, a CTV News analysis of documents recently tabled in the House of Commons, more than a dozen federal departments and agencies employed influencers to help get their message out last year. Okay, but here's where the story actually originally comes from, and CTV doesn't even flag the credit that where it should go. Story first broke in Blacklock's reporter on March 23rd, because this is what Blacklock's does. They watch these inquiries of ministries like I do. Um, so Blacklock's originally reports this independent um, government watchdog news site. They report on the inquiry of ministry tabled in the House of Commons. Um, and it was asked for by conservative MP Warren Steinley from Regina, um, and they go through the influencers who are getting paid. So CTV's Dragon Stent personality, Michelle Romano, and Nicholas Duvernois. I don't know. I don't watch CBC. They were paid $120,000 on top of their CBC salaries to promote the work of Export Development Canada. Can you imagine? <laughs> Why? Can you imagine. What, why do you, I don't know. Why do you need an influencer for a, a government bureaucracy, Sheila? Can you imagine anybody tuning into her Instagram page and saying, you know what? Thanks, Michelle. Export Development Canada is doing a hell of a good job. I'm, you know, you know what I mean? Like nobody, nobody thinks that way. Um, money well wasted. 
And Sheila, you know what the perversely ironic thing is, is that if you want to talk about influencers, genuine grassroots influencers not paid by anybody, it was the trucker convoy. Suddenly around the world, the Canadian flag, the Maple Leaf became a symbol of defiance and standing up for rights and freedoms. Those are influencers, not some jabroni I've never heard of. I mean, do you recognize any of these people? No, it gets worse. <laughs> uh, the Department of Health. Okay, this every time you see this stuff rammed down your throat, this is where it comes from. The Department of Health and the Public Health Agency paid a total of $150,000 for favorable tweets, blogs, and Facebook posts. The influencer campaign complimented the government of Canada's overall strategy to help everyone in Canada make an informed decision about COVID-19 vaccines. Except what was the informed decision, except your only choice is to take one. <laughs> or lose your <laughs> you job. I mean? Right? <laughs> and then the, the department here, this, it gets ridiculous. The Department of Canadian Heritage paid $22,000 for tweets observing Canada Day, in case you didn't know that it was coming up on July 1st. Another $120,000 was paid to promote ice carving contests in Charlottetown, Corner Brook, Fort St. John, Halifax, Saskatoon, and Winnipeg. Uh, so anyways, my point Jeez. in all of this is, uh, they don't even drill down to how like ridiculous this was about the, how much money was spent to promote ice carving contests. Like I can't, I can't even imagine what this person was paid to take a picture in front of that sign for, um, Oh, staycations. Like, yeah, it's a staycation because we're trapped inside of our own country. So yeah, I guess a vacation is a staycation <laughs> now. Cute way of framing that. But my point is, this was broken in Blacklocks a week ago. Then it was written up by uh, True North and the Western Standard, who appropriately gave credit in their coverage to Blacklocks for originally reporting the story. CTV reports it a week later, uh, eight days later, I guess, and like says that they've done in-depth analysis on this, and everybody in the conservative sphere already knows about this story. Um, this just shows how terrible the mainstream media is at doing their job. But as you rightly point out, it doesn't matter because yeah. they get money to be bad at their job. I guess that's the point of it all. And we should say, Sheila, Blacklocks does a tremendous job, I think, in breaking. So, such good work. A hundred percent. And uh, I'm sure they will be in the sights of this liberal government uh, if and when Bill C-11 passes, because uh, they're not um, they're not playing ball, you know, with uh, with the rest of the media, much like us and True North. So, um, yeah, so good on Blacklocks for that. And no, I got to say, Shelley, you know, I talked about NBC um, neglecting history and now repeating it. And you know what this kind of re reminds me of what I'm getting a vibe of, Sheila, is the early 90s. Remember the sponsorship scandal, right? You know, when yes. you think about it, and that was under the Cretchen liberal government, um, how is this any different, you know, in a way? I mean, giving our hard-earned taxpayer m money to so-called right. influencers, to people I've never heard of, uh, peddling things like staycations, which it's a fact of life. If, you, if, if you're unvaxxed, you can't leave the, the country anyways, and yeah. it'll probably be that way for years. Um, like, where is the ROI, the return on investment? Or I don't think they even bother tracking that, do they, Sheila? No. Yeah, I'm old enough to remember a Gomri inquiry 
over this kind of stuff. And now it's perfectly acceptable. This is just (laughs) the cost of doing business in the social media age that you pay people who already draw a salary from the government subsidized CBC to promote the government talking points. And they're like, yep, yep, this is good value for the Canadian taxpayer buck. Wow. And Um, go ahead. Oh, no. And, and, and look at that price tag, 600,000. But you know what, Sheila, here's the sad thing with fiscal responsibility uh, out the window. Um, 600,000 is nothing to these people. Millions, no. even a billion. I mean, a billion dollars. That used to be, wow. You know, it's almost like Dr. E, one billion dollars. right? And now it's like couch change for these tax and spend liberals. Uh, just incredible. So uh, it, it's amazing it got any coverage of all in uh, CTV News. But we should move on to um, a person uh, that you mentioned, of course, Pastor Arthur Pawlowski, um, out of jail and not looking so good, I understand, Sheila. Yeah, he was released yesterday afternoon from jail. They moved him back from Edmonton to Calgary so that he was at least released to his own community instead of just swinging the doors open in Edmonton and saying, okay, skedaddle. Um, so he was released uh, in Calgary yesterday, friends and family were gathered. However, see how far away this shot is? And that's Nathaniel, I think, hugging Pastor Artis. He came out. And journalists and supporters, journalists, as though there were other journalists there, but uh, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> and supporters, they were, they were kicked off, basically, away from where Art would be released by the uh, jail guards and people who work at the jail. Um, there's Nathaniel waving to, uh, must be Adam, maybe Mocha. Um, but they couldn't even properly report. And I'm not sure that that is something that they can do. However, it is on jail property. So they're sort of in charge. But um, from what I understand, Art did not look well. Looks like he lost a ton of weight, aged 10 years. But as Art is, he was more upset, not about being kept in prison for 51 days, but that he left behind people he felt needed his ministry and his support and his compassion. Well, Sheila, forgive me for being so repetitive, but what in blue hell is Premier Kenny thinking with this vendetta? I have no idea, but uh, Ms. Producer whispers in my ear that we have Art's Facebook Mm. video that he filmed as he was driving away with Nathaniel, his son. Um, So maybe let's roll that. Gotcha. So friends, just uh, after two months of a journey, put it this way, I have an opportunity to come um, come back home to my family, my wife, my son Nathaniel, and uh, my dad is waiting, as you can see, and the kids. So uh, I'll give the phone to Nathaniel and um, hug my father. So that's my dad. <laughs> they didn't see each other um, for two months, but I saw you through the window of my cell only for a minute because then I was snatched by the guards again into a solitary because 
That's what they were doing to me all the time. Solitary, concrete, back and forth. And here is my brother, David. Oh, he got a bigger beard than me. Hey. Okay, Cześć. Cześć. Hey. English not very well, but I say something. Arthur, uh, Arthur, you have son. Oh, I have. I know. Brother. I know. So, I'll be telling you about the journey some uh, some more. Now, um, gotta go and change and. Put my house in order, see what's going on, and I'll continue, continue to stand up for our rights and do what's right, and we'll continue to fight against tyranny because so many people have died, bled for our rights, and now it looks like that they have used this COVID thing to deprive us from all those things that those people, those funding fathers have fought and bled and died for. So. We gotta keep keep doing what God called us to do. So be strong, stand, stand star strong, have faith, don't give up, be blessed. You know, Sheila, what a beautiful family, first of all. And I can't help but take note of the perverse irony. Here's a fellow who spent months cumulatively in jail for all the various charges for such egregious activities as, oh, feeding the homeless in wintertime. And yet just up the highway in Edmonton, we have a homegrown Al-Qaeda terrorist who owns a plaza thanks to his $10.5 million payout for hurt feelings. That would be Omar Khadr, of course, who committed first-degree murder and partially blinded um, uh, a um, two, two American servicemen. Um, can you figure out the planet we're on right now, Sheila? I can't believe this is A, happening in Canada, and B, in Alberta, of all places. Yeah, and uh, he was granted bail last Friday, and then they held him on other breaches. They transferred him to Edmonton thinking he wasn't going to get bail and then held him on other breaches just to be spiteful. His crime this time around, going to Coots, to the border crossing, yeah. that was going on before he got there, four weeks before he got there. He went down the day of, came back hours later. He went down there, showed his support the way thousands of other people did. He just did it in person. He went down there, gave a sermon to the truckers, basically said, hold the line. We must engage in peaceful civil disobedience. And then he came back. Same day. And the yeah. the the blockaders say he played no role in organizing or keeping us going. He just came down there, gave a speech, left. Yeah. Well, they charge him with uh, a law that was it's designed to protect critical infrastructure like pipelines yeah. from saboteurs and bombers like the Weevil Ludwigs of the world. That's what it's designed to do, not to pick up pastors who gave a speech in opposition to the government as his his right to do. He was held for 51 days on that and they denied him bail once already. The guy who ran over uh, allegedly, even though it's on video, uh, convoy 
protesters in Winnipeg granted bail right away. Yeah. Said, oh, oopsie doodle, I'll never do it again. Out you go. Child, people who commit crimes against children, usually in and out, even recidivists, people yeah. who offend while on bail get bail for the new charges. Um, happens all the time. But they deny Art bail constantly. And then when a sensible judge grants him bail, then the Crown's like, ah, you know what? Let's breach him on those other things because he's supposed to be keeping the peace and being of good behavior. Uh, and Sheila, there's really only two valid reasons why people will be incarcerated uh, beyond the original time limit. And that is you are a danger to the general public and you're a flight risk. And uh, Pastor Art is neither. He's not going to run away. Um, this is a man who stands his ground and fights for what he believes in. And he's certainly not dangerous. I mean, this is a guy that wouldn't hurt a fly. I, I met him back in December. He's a, he's a lovely man. And for, for, the, for him to be treated like he's a serial killer, Sheila, yep. is, is absolutely shocking. And I'm telling you, I wonder, uh, well, I don't have to wonder. I'm sure it's going to come up when the UCP has its uh, convention next month, I believe, right? Um, yep. I think this is going to haunt. No, it's this, it's next weekend. Right. Next weekend they have it. Yeah. April, right? Yeah. I think this is going to haunt Jason Kenney. You know, I, I, I think there's a lot of people in the party that are fuming over Passer Art's treatment. I think so, too. Even people who are like, I think he's prickly. I think he's kind of annoying. I think he's wrong about everything. There are those people out there who's, who are like, Pastor Art, wrong on everything, wrong on theology, wrong on um, COVID, whatever. But that doesn't mean that he should be in jail. Exactly. Um, and this is a society and that's allegedly free. And in free societies, being wrong is not illegal. So there are a lot of principled people out there who are saying, I think he's definitely wrong, but that doesn't mean he should be in jail for it. And that means, Sheila, he really is a political prisoner as far as I'm concerned. Yes. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, and if people want to see all of Adam's coverage yeah. of Pastor Art and even going back two years um, to Pastor Art's first run in with the law when he was feeding the homeless outside on a bitterly cold Calgary March day. I think it was like minus 30, minus 25 that day, and he was feeding the homeless, um, the people who fall through the cracks of the system in Calgary because they are oftentimes so in the thralls of mental illness or drug yeah. addiction that they can't be in a shelter. Those are the people that Pastor Art helps. He got tickets for illegal public gatherings, handing out <laughs> sandwiches to starving people and freezing people. Um, we've been helping him through... Um, the democracy fund since then. Um, and if you'd like to support his legal battle against the government for free speech and free freedom of religion, you can go to savearter.com. And the good news is all your donations there qualify for a charitable tax receipt through the partnership with the democracy fund that I just mentioned, but you'll also find all of our stories about him too. And Adam had a great sit down with art and family last night. They were very, um, generous with your time with their time with Adam yesterday um, even though he had just art had just gotten out of jail he still wanted to make sure that people could hear his story about what it was like for him and his family so stay tuned for that it's coming up you know Sheila something you said about 
one of the reasons he was convicted or incarcerated, illegal public gatherings for feeding a handful of homeless people down yep. on their luck. And yet at the height of the pandemic, summer of 2020, we're talking about Black Lives Matter uh, gatherings in which thousands of people take part, including yeah. law enforcement bending the knee. No Ill illegal public gathering there, folks, because, no. you know, that that's on the right side of social justice weirdoism. Um, but <laughs> a guy feeding the homeless. Yeah. Uh, throw away the key. And by the way, speaking of Calgary, we should get to this um you know, notation, because right now, Calgary, the Calgary Police Service is really giving the Montreal Police Service and the RCMP a run for its money in terms of worst police service in Canada. And here we have them more outrageous political correctness. I'll just read it verbatim, Sheila. The Calgary Police Commission said that in the interests of racial harmony, Officers will be expected to stop wearing the crest. And I imagine that is the thin blue line patch, which is, um, I, I, I guess, now taking on the equivalency of, I, I don't know, the Confederate flag, the swastika. No, what? or the Canadian flag, if you listen to these <laughs> yeah, people. Or the Canadian flag, yeah. I mean, who who is making this kind of... Uh, claim that this is somehow racist, especially if you see officers of color wearing this patch, Sheila. Who's offended? Yeah. Who's offended? The blue people? Like, blue. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't know. Like, again, this is one of those things that I don't really understand because I don't think like these people. How is a thin blue line like that off that, you know, that's sort of the thing that protects society a lot of times from unraveling as the people who are willing to put on a uniform and defend our civil liberties. These are the good cops, by the way. Um, it, it, for me, I look at this and I see, okay, we've got the social justice political cops bowing down to the defund the police people, the people who think that there should be no cops at all, uh, depending on the actions of the police service, I'm willing to hear their arguments. Yeah. But um, these are actually the good cops. And they're doing their best to run them out. And so what do you have left with? Nothing but the social justice cops who are willing to beat down peaceful protesters to appease the defund the police people. I don't understand. Nothing good can come from this. Uh, Sheila, they don't. Realizes good cops. Yeah, the banners of this thin blue line uh, imagery, they don't even understand why they're banning it. And I referred to, remember back in November, we went to that, um, yeah. uh, you know, that young fellow, great guy, uh, has friends and family in law enforcement, and he was suspended for three days from his school because at the back of his pickup truck, he had a flag with the thin blue line. Now, I reached out to the principal a coward of a man, and he told me to go to the school board and speak to the trustees, which I did. They never returned my calls. And I'm just saying, why? Why is... And this was based on a single complaint from a visiting teacher who was a coach of a sports team. She complained that there was some kind of inherent racism uh, with that flag. It wasn't even from the community. It wasn't even from the school or the faculty or the students at that school. And based on a visitor saying, I'm offended. Oh, yep, yep. Don't worry. We'll, we'll get... 
we'll get rid of that flag uh, easy peasy. And they actually suspended this great kid for three days. Unbelievable. Do you know what? I smell an unconscious bias training contract in the works here because they're <laughs> going to have to twist themselves into knots to figure out why Indigenous police officers have this symbol of white supremacy on them and why Sikh police officers who are wearing their turbans on duty, are who are also wearing this little badge, this yep. little crest, are also victims of, I don't know, unconscious white supremacy. Someone's going to have to twist themselves in knots to figure that out. But boy, you better believe it. There's a racism training consultant just waiting to cash some checks. And and Sheila, the, the answer to your question is simply this. If you are a visible minority and your opinions lean right of center, you're not a so-called real visible minority. Uh, you are you are a fake uh, despite your skin yeah. color. Uh, just listen to the uh, white elite, elitist liberals uh, tell you that. Um, Joe it, Biden will tell you you ain't black. Oh, <laughs> thank you. I forgot about that. Right? You know, you don't vote for Joe Biden. Sorry. Send in your black people card. Oh, <laughs> incredible. Um, so we should move on further. You know, before we move on, I just want to touch on this one thing. And I, it's, I know it's not on the list, but I want to spring it on you because uh, I was working on this. This is what I was working on when I should have been preparing for the, for this call. Um, so for some reason, and it never, ever goes away. There's this big pipe dream in Alberta that we're going to have this like high-speed rail system between Edmonton <laughs> yeah. and Calgary. And this is the, it's the most boring drive on the face of the earth. So, and I do it quite frequently. So I'm, I'm again, willing to hear arguments about why this could be possible. But as Ezra points out, I just don't think there are enough people making that drive all the time to spend billions upon billions upon billions on this high-speed Japan-style uh train especially when you have people living in just cities in japan that have more than the entire population of the province of alberta there are four million of us um and you know the two major municipalities are edmonton and calgary we don't really have the population to support this but that doesn't matter because this is a legacy builder for somebody and there's this project called transpod and it's supposed to go at a thousand kilometers an hour they signed a memorandum of understanding back in 2020 with the province of Alberta. Thank God there was no financial commitment from the province of Alberta at the time. But it is supposed to cut the three-hour commute down to 45 minutes. Hmm. Yesterday, they secured... No, yesterday? What's today? Two days ago. They secured financing for half a billion dollars U.S., so I'm poking around. I'm like, well, that's good. So far, so good. No uh, taxpayer money involved. If some company thinks that they can build this thing and I don't have to pay for it, fine. Uh, I'm not against it. Until you read down who's behind the financial backing here of this half a billion dollars U.S. Sock it to so us, Sheila. The, <laughs> from Transpod's press release. Broughton Capital group in cooperation with China East Resources Import and Export Company have agreed in principle to provide a combined $550 million U.S. in finance um, to accelerate the development of a transpod line between Edmonton and Calgary and drive economic growth in the region. 
They've already done a feasibility study, blah, 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 blah. The most important part here is China East Resources and Import Company. That is a wholly owned subsidiary, or sorry, that's a wholly owned state company from China. This is a Chinese communist owned company who will have, I guess, an ownership stake or at least a financial stake in a piece of critical infrastructure here in Alberta. And I'm old enough to remember in 2020 when Jason Kenney was sort of in, I mean, he got rebuked by the consulate in Calgary for saying that there will be a reckoning um, for the Chinese communist run state for what they did to the entire world um, through their handling of the coronavirus and their obfuscation and lies at the beginning of the pandemic that did not allow other economies to be prepared for what was about to come their way. He said there will be a reckoning. And the Chinese consulate in Calgary uh, issued a statement and rebuked them. But I guess they kissed and made up because the Chinese state is going to own a chunk, at least half a billion dollars worth of the high-speed rail line in Alberta. Well, let's be fair to Premier Kenny, Sheila. Maybe when he said a reckoning, he didn't mean that in a bad way. He meant that you're going to get a plum contract <laughs> to build infrastructure. Gee, I wonder if the onboard Wi-Fi is going to be um, supplied by Huawei. Th this is incredible. It, it, it's it, And the thing is, Sheila, to go back to what you originally said, this is a white elephant in the making. There is no way this is going to sustain itself. Like you mentioned, in uh, a city like Tokyo, where it's a huge population, where the trains are packed uh, every few minutes. And they have minutes. no room. They have no highways. Exactly. Here, it's just wide open spaces. You get on the highway, you point your car south, you're in Calgary three hours later. And It's different it, here. It reminds me, like, every five or six years... There is always this idea floated going back to the 80s. It's never happened. It's the same deal. It, it, it's a lack of critical mass. This Quebec City to Windsor corridor, high-speed uh, rail transit, that will be a white elephant, too. They're simply in yeah. that corridor, despite the population of uh, Quebec and uh, Ontario. It, it will never sustain itself. And uh, so I'm very worried of that. Uh, but... It looks like this. Is this indeed going through? Is it a signed, sealed, delivered deal? Looks pretty close. They're gone past the feasibility study phase, and they've got the financial backing, at least a billion dollars or half a billion dollars to bring this to the next phase. It's projected to be in operation in 2027, I think, with tests beginning in, I think, 2025. I learned more about this project than I ever thought I would um, between last night and this morning. But, uh, I mean, uh, I understand that Jason can This is what he said. Sorry, I brought it up. Okay. I think the Chinese government played a significant role in devastating public health and economic damage that is being experienced in the entire world. Yeah. And I do not think we should just forget this and walk past it. There must be some kind of reckoning and there must be some accountability. Yeah, I agree. And that's why I don't think they should be allowed to partner in these critical infrastructure projects that I'm sure, I'm sure there's going to be some sort of um, bump in the road where the Alberta government's like, you know what, you guys need a billion dollars to get this over the hump. Here it is. I'm sure that's coming because it always does. Um, but there is no reckoning here because we just let the Chinese state walk in and say, oh, you need this? Here you go. Now you got to be nice to us. 
So, Sheila, when this high-tech choo-choo train from China uh, starts rolling and every year there's an annual deficit, who's picking up that tab? Oh, they say it's going to cost um, $90. That's their projected, like, $90 is going to be the fare to get from Edmonton to Calgary. And they think there will be enough users to sustain it. And I yeah. just can't see it. Well, you I, know, I can't. I just can't see it. There's, by the way, there's no, like, when you get to Edmonton or Calgary, there's not a ton of commuter rail infrastructure once you get there. So that's why I always drive. Even though Ezra's like, oh, you, you know, like you could fly to Calgary sometimes. And I'm like, no, I'll drive because by the, for me, by the time I get to the airport, then clear security, then get in the air, then land on the other side. And then you're like, OK, now what? I don't have a car. I guess I got to take an Uber. It doesn't make sense. That's exactly. the other thing. It doesn't make sense to be sort of driving, parking, going three hours is sort of like your your that's the right time frame, right, where it makes more sense to drive than fly. I just can't see when because there's not a ton of commuter rail infrastructure to get around the city on the other side of wherever you're going. I'm not sure how this makes sense. And, and Sheila, here's the other thing. Uh, and if there's anyone out there that can confront me with, um, you know, data to the contrary, do you know a single government uh, mega project that came in under budget and on deadline? I mean, I look back to in this city, Skydome, 150 million it was supposed to cost. The off the lot price was 600 million. And then in the scam of the century, Rogers Communications buys it in 2003, I believe, for 25 million. Think of that, folks. 600 million. Rogers gets it for 25 million. The only piece of Toronto real estate in 25 years, that depreciated by more than 90% as opposed to tripling in value. This is government um, freakonomics at work, Sheila. So I think uh, the taxpayers of Alberta, uh, they're in for um, a bad surprise with this uh, rail line. And I'm telling you, uh, maybe on opening day, uh, maybe for the novelty in the weeks ahead, you'll, you'll see... Um, attendance because people just want the thrill of riding this kind of like a, a a new roller coaster at the theme park sure but after that after the novelty wears off uh you're gonna see empty trains you mark my words going down that track well uh, it's funny you should bring that up because uh the green line is a lrt project in calgary and it every year it's it's like a mushroom cloud the budget just keeps going up and up and up and they get so far into these projects that they can't back out and abandon them. So they just keep throwing good money after bad. Uh, the green line uh, is now at um, $5.5 billion for just an LRT extension in Calgary. And it is uh, way, 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 way over budget from it's to the point where they don't even think this thing can be finished or built. So, you know, uh, I can't see that this high, experimental high-speed rail is going to be any different. <laughs> Sheila, believe me, you are preaching to the converted when it comes to LRT lines. Not too far away from Rebel World Headquarters is the Eglinton Crosstown LRT. More than a decade in the making. There are sections of it that haven't changed in a decade. I don't even know what the hell they're doing. I've actually got a bet with somebody. Uh, what's going to be, what's going to occur first? The Leafs winning the Stanley Cup or the LRT being completed? 
on Eglinton Avenue. It's a horse race, right? Oh, but I know. It is incredible. And, you know, the thing is, and John Tory, when he was running for mayor originally, and we're going back to 2014, um, he was saying that under his um, stewardship in Toronto, because uh, he was doing a press conference and I was there where I was working for Sun News at the time. We we're in front of uh, Union Station, the renovations of which are still not completed. He would say this will not be tolerated. Uh, heads will roll. That was his quote. Heads will roll uh, if projects don't come in on time and on budget. And all of that's out the window. The LRT line, like that green line you're mentioning, it's just this albatross that just... They just rag the puck forever and ever, and nothing gets done. I have no idea what year that will be done. And you know what's really uh, sad, Sheila, and we've reported on this, how this has devastated yep. neighborhoods such as Little Jamaica around uh, Eglinton and Marley. Um, it's a wonderful place. The barbershops, restaurants, most many of which um, are out of business now. They couldn't sustain it. And then when you added COVID and the lockdowns, that was like the final nail in the coffin. All brought to you by government. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah it's funny. If you drive past these LRT projects, usually the road next to the LRT project, the thing that people actually use to get around, <laughs> is so bad that it's like knocking the fillings out of your teeth. You look at the median <laughs> and it's like a hubcap graveyard because the, the potholes are so bad, but everybody's focused on this LRT project that will never be finished, never be fully um, capable and never be used at capacity. And the road you're driving on is like ruining the alignment on your vehicle but the focus is always like, oh, we have to get away from cars because we are, we're an anti-car society now yeah. all of a sudden. Yeah, in, indeed. It, it, except for the elites like Justin Trudeau that show up to pressers with seven SUVs, keep the engine running. Uh, and they're not hybrids or plug-in hybrids or electric folks. They're good old-fashioned V8 motors. Uh, but you know what? As they say, uh, Sheila, socialism Ain't for the socialists. By the way, speaking of going past deadline, holy smokes, I can't believe it. We're seven minutes to 1 p.m. Eastern time. We better get to some of the chats that have surely come in. Yeah, and there's a ton of chats. Okay. We didn't actually talk about all that much on the show today. Um, <laughs> Harper will always be my PM. Gives us 20 bucks. Gosh, that's generous. Uh, it says, best duo on Rebel. My tip for last week, video clip as cheerleader Dave. <laughs> it's the best. Uh, he was probably the only one in the room with a brain in real life values. Be nice to see Trump or Harper interview with Rebel. Harper will all, always be my PM because it's five bucks. Also, sh social liberal Ford already said no one in PC uh, is allowed to support anyone in Fed PC campaigns. But I bet he would support Justin Trudeau. I think Kevin O'Leary would be a good candidate. Yeah, I don't know what he's doing. He did run for leader of the federal conservatives that one time. Um he sort of has a Trumpy vibe. I don't know if Canada was quite ready for him yet, but uh, he would sure make things exciting. Sheila, what do you think is behind that uh, Premier Ford not allowing any of his uh, uh, MPs, uh, MPPs rather, to to support any conservative candidates? I think that uh, Doug is running more as a liberal. Uh, he's governed more as a liberal, yeah, and so he right. doesn't want to alienate those Toronto liberal voters that oh. uh, Aaron O'Toole tried to bring into the Conservative Party fold. I think he looked at what Aaron O'Toole did and said, okay, we can't even 
we can't even go in that direction because he didn't do he didn't get any extra votes in Toronto. So we have to rethink our strategy for maintaining votes in Toronto within the PC party. That's what I think. You have to be a blithering idiot to embrace a policy that Aaron O'Toole used, given where Aaron O'Toole is right now. But again, more fodder for the uh, saying right now, Sheila, that Doug Ford is not Rob Ford. No, no, he is definitely not. Uh, Harper will always be my PM gives us five bucks. I was talking to a close friend who lives in Moscow and I agree with him. And he says, Mr. Putin is 100 percent right for years. West is truly killing itself on its own as we in China watch. Although I think uh, Putin is helping by funding the environmentalist movements um, in the Western world. Um, yeah. oh, we, our politicians definitely don't have to listen to them, but uh, Putin has done a, a huge disservice to Western economies, uh, to the credit of his own economy, I suppose, oh, yeah. by funding the opposition to uh, North American fossil fuels, North American fracking, North American pipelines and coal, um, which has increased his stranglehold on uh Germany in particular, in Europe. Uh, Harper will always be my PM, gives us a buck. Wow. I bet on live TV, Joe would get an F on a cognitive test. Funny, everyone forgot the mess he created in Afghanistan. Indeed, um, which, you know, Sheila, it, it's, it's amazing that's still not on the front page. Uh, there are thousands of, Mar of Americans trapped behind enemy lines there. Uh, it's been a fiasco. Um, hundreds of millions of dollars, if not more than a billion, in um, everything from Apache helicopters to assault uh, weapons uh, just left behind. This didn't have to happen, but he wanted to have a photo op for the 20th anniversary of 9-11 saying we're out of Afghanistan, even though they're not out, and even though the terrorists now have, um, you know, top-notch, first-grade American armaments. Yeah, yeah, they're not out because he abandoned a bunch of people there and yeah. stranded them there. It's uh, unbelievable. Harper will always be my PM, gives us a buck, going to China or Russia to watch female sports is much better. You will actually see what you pay for, and that's real women. Like I said, watch ringette and then watch hockey same age level um watch the best kids and you will see a stark contrast in speed and strength um it, you know what sheila it, you've inspired me yeah my, my hockey days are you know kind of over but i think i'm going to try out for the richmond hill lightning ringette team uh i'll just identify as a girl and you know what i'll be the dominic hasek of uh <laughs> <laughs> of ringette goaltending, you know, um, I'll, how do, where does ringette start? Like five or six, seven years old. Cause I'll identify yeah. as a seven year old girl too, of course. So I'll be absolutely dominant. Nothing's going to get past me. Every game I'm getting a shutout, Sheila. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me of Kramer. What do you, went to yes. karate? Yeah. He's like, Oh, I'm going to the dojo to train. And then they go to watch him and he's like winging little kids around. That'll and be you. Sheila, that's the thing, isn't it? In the 90s, when Seinfeld had its run, that was, you know, situation comedy. It's now reality. And we're supposed to embrace it. And if you don't, you're a transphobe. Yep. Um, 
Gerber will always be my PM, gives us a buck and says, uh, Mr. Menzies is a gentleman. Ms. Gunn, Mrs. Gunn is a lady. <laughs> JT and Joey are just, and I'm just, I'm just going to use oh, the oh. word cognitively challenged. <laughs> I, don't, I treat that word like it's a swear. I do. Um, I don't, I'm, I'm not the word police. I'm just not going to use it. Uh, Harper will always be my PM, gives us a yeah. buck. My BFF dad delivers babies for a living. And he once joked that if he ever sees a bloke, Pop a baby in his hotel. He will give him a pink slip for his fer Ferrari F430 as it will never happen. <laughs> Where did I see the other day that some hospital is test is like asking men if they're pregnant before they submit to testing? Insane. What? And and it's not pregnant women anymore. It's pregnant people. It's not breastfeeding. It's chest feeding. It's, it's yeah. And this is from the likes of uh, Dr. Teresa Tam. You know, the head honcho doctor of our dominion, she speaks this rubbish. I, yeah. Asking men if they're pregnant is part of an NHS obsession that puts patients at risk. Yeah. Um, in the House of Commons, I think it was last week. I know I wrote it up for the website. Uh, NDP, <laughs> naturally, MP, uh, referred to uh, people who menstruate. Like, you mean <laughs> people who menstruate. Women? Which people women would that be? Women age? Yeah. Sure. Like I said, whether it's this sort of nonsense or the signage at uh, Disneyland, why don't maybe we should just refer to us as humanoids, right? That 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 pretty much covers everything, doesn't it? Yeah. This, oh. Yeah. This was the best part is that she was asking it to the minister, the women's ministry minister. I have trouble like, pronouncing woman too, women. you know. <laughs> you do for some reason. I don't know why. But it's not politically motivated. <laughs> Strange. Naturally, it was the MVP. <laughs> uh, Billy Howard, five bucks. If Pierre Polyev is really the freedom candidate, he will sit for an official interview with Ezra. Well, I know that, um, I think it was Alexa who interviewed him. Uh, Dakota. And Dakota? Yep. No, Dakota got uh, just uh, stuck a camera in his face just the other day. But I think it was... Uh, Alexa, like last week. Oh, that, right. Okay. That had a longer form interview with him. And the Conservative Party leader should not partake in debates if the IPG is not there alongside the pro-JT mainstream media. So the IPG is the independent press gallery, and that is made up of all of our journalists, plus True North's journalists. And I'm not sure. I think the folks from Western Standard are in there, too, and some other independent journalists throughout the country. But... um we, uh, we've got plans there, so yeah. stay tuned. And I'll tell you, Sheila, I dropped by the rally in Don Valley. That was the Toronto event on Sunday uh, with Pierre. And uh, standing room only. I thought the ceiling of the hall was going to cave in when he promised to defund the CBC. And um, a lineup uh, that stretched all the way into the hotel lobby uh, to um, get selfies uh, and uh, to sign up for memberships. And I think, you know... Uh, now, we didn't get an interview. His people told us they were running late. They had to go to a, a, an event in Hamilton. I'll take them for their word their word for it. Uh, but if it's a continual thing, that would be very upsetting. But I think the most important thing, I think he is checking off all the right boxes. I mean, the number of standing ovations he got, uh, I lost count of, Sheila. My only concern, and again, I'm going to give Pierre the benefit of the doubt that what he says is what he wants to deliver. But, you know, 
We've been flim-flammed a couple of times with O'Toole and Sheer to a certain extent. True blue conservatives only to morph into red Tories once they get into the driver's seat. So my hope, and I'm believing it. Now, maybe I'm Charlie Brown hoping to kick the football that Lucy Van Pelt is holding. And this time she's not going to pull it away. But I think my heart of heart tells me that with Pierre Polyev, what you see is what you get. And I hope I'm not proven to be a fool, Sheila. Well, and if he backtracks, it's on us to hold him to account on behalf yeah. of the people he made the promises to. Yeah. Um, and so, um, so far, he's done things that Aaron O'Toole hasn't done, and that's not run the other direction. And his handlers are not exactly. running in the other direction and, and you know, operating as blockers to keep our journalists out of events. So far, stark contrast to Aaron O'Toole and how he ran his campaigns. Oh, but yeah. Again, uh, and- remains to be seen. Fool me once, right? And also forcing Rebel News staff off a public berm and into a roadway, you sure a busy roadway, uh, <laughs> while the mainstream media is in the parking lot. Uh, this was the day before uh, last year's election, uh, folks. Um, that was how Aaron O'Toole uh, rolled and spending some 45 minutes in the fetal position in his campaign bus because little old me was there hoping to ask him a question. Can you believe that, coward? Unbelievable. So, Yes, yes yeah. I can. <laughs> <laughs> Completely. <clears throat> Harper will always be my PM gives us a buck. 600 grand to praise JT, hundreds of millions to Beijing, but vets want too much. Yes. Yeah. Or $10.5 million to Omar Cotter. Yeah. For some sleepless nights in Gitmo. Hurt feelings. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think real. I think the crux of his complaint was sleep deprivation. And I'm like, you ever been a new parent? <laughs> you ever worried what Avi was doing to the company when you were sleeping? Because <laughs> I do. <laughs> uh, Harper will always be my PM. Gives us a buck. Is there any way to access, excuse me, Kenny's work emails and phone records to see how many times he ordered Calgary pigs to harass art. Um, mm. I actually don't think Jason Kenny has to order the Calgary cops um, to harass Pastor Art Pulaski. I think there, there's a section of the police force in Calgary who are happy to do it themselves. And they have, sounds like, the complete, maybe not support, but the tacit agreement from Mark Neufeld, the, the police chief there. Also, I heard some interesting things about records management yesterday within the Alberta government. So I'm going to file an access to information request on that because I think that's a euphemism for deleting your emails. And when you file an FOI, Sheila, it's always a five coupon ride when we get the results. (laughs) Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes it's like, why did you give me 800 redacted pages? (laughs) Why? (laughs) <laughs> because Canada is a land of millions and millions of trees. <laughs> we have lots of pulp and paper. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like that access to information request I filed into the Saskatchewan government and they're like, we need to give you 15,000. It's a 15,000, sorry, a $15,000 bill. Jeez. For 12,000 of it was for photocopying. And I'm like, have you guys ever heard of a PDF? What year is it in Saskatchewan? <laughs> 
Anyways, they sent me a, a note back saying, oh, we're going to re-examine the fee if you will accept digital documents. I'm like, you damn straight I want digital documents. Yeah. I'm I'm not having the Purolator truck show up and just like empty documents onto my driveway because there are so many. Unbelievable. Anyway, Saskatchewan apparently is not only a different time zone, but also a different century. Uh, Salty. <laughs> Uh, gives us uh, two bucks. My rumble keeps buffering on my TV laptop to the rescue. Please get your channel on band.video. Uh, I don't know. I think we're pretty happy with uh, rumble and Odyssey and Super U. And, well, we're on YouTube for spite. So, <laughs> so we're going to stay there as long <laughs> as possible. Uh, Harper will always be my PM. Gives us a buck. Any contact for Art and Dave? Uh we generally don't give out people's contact information, especially um, private citizens. We'd love to take those gentlemen for dinner when I'm in Calgary later this month. Um, Hollywog, is this your wife, Dave? Is this your wife, David? <laughs> oh, is it Gollywog19? This is Hollywog. No, I've got <laughs> another. Your wife's Twitter handle, by the way. Don't I've got know? another hog. Um, uh, let me rephrase that. <laughs> well, that's what you said. Wallyog, right? Just stop it. You're in so much trouble when you get home. See, you're always getting me in trouble. <laughs> I'm not doing it. You're definitely doing it. Hollywog. Oh, wog. Yeah. Gives us 10 bucks. New party starting in Saskatchewan. Details at newsaskpartyemail at gmail.com. Uh, okay. Harper will always be my PM. Uh, gives us a buck. I think the coal mine in Grand Cache, Alberta, is also owned by China. I'm not sure, but that could be. There's um, Sinopec is active in Alberta also, and that's the uh, Chinese state-run oil company. Um, Harper will always be my PM. Gives us a buck. I bet the Calgary chief would approve LGBT and BLM gang patch on cops. It's funny that you call it a gang patch, um, but yeah, um, it's fine for police officers to take a knee. Um, to BLM, they just can't support each other, I guess, as they do a dangerous job. And, and you know what? On that point, Sheila, I bet you, I don't know, I, I assume Calgary has a gay pride parade. Um, yeah. I'm, okay. Uh, if anyone's, and we have reporters in the Calgary area, so they can check it out. I will. Yeah, the cops are always in the parade. Oh, not only in the parade, but wearing the little uh, rainbow ribbons. Yeah. I bet. Oh, probably. I bet my entire net worth, such as it is, that you'll see those police officers wearing those uh, patches, but not the uh, not the blue line. You wait. Well, I, we'll make note of that. I stopped pay t paying attention to the pride parades once it evolved from a one day parade to an entire season, which <laughs> is known as summer. It's like it's. <laughs> It's constant, and I just don't understand why it's so much. Um, Sister 2 gives us a buck. China has built bridges and roads in African countries. When they couldn't repay the bill, guess what? China owns it and the country. Uh, I, I think that's probably the sinister part of the Belt and Road Initiative, where they build mm -hmm. all this infrastructure around the world, um, and they finance it all, and then you're beholden to them once the bill comes due. Yeah. Um, and Harper will always be my PM, gives us a buck and says, Leafs will get the cut before social Toronto, I think you mean socialist Toronto, will get that LRT done. Um, and I think we're all cut up. We're 11 minutes past the hour. And you and I have to film something right after this. That's oh, right. And so then we, I have to zip out. 
Well, um, thanks again to uh, Miss Producer Olivia and, of course, Efren. And thank you to all those who uh, made those super chats, especially Harper will always be my PM. That was very generous of you to uh, send in all that uh, do re mi. It's how we keep the lights on, folks. And tomorrow there will be uh, another set of uh, Rebel News people. Sheila and I will be back again next Tuesday. In the meantime, as always... Stay sane. All my haters don't pray. pray, 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 pray.